It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in the show do not necessarily reflect those of Shway Media or any subsidiaries. The program may contain strong language not suitable for young audiences. Series discussions will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show! Subterfuge. I'm Matt. At nor- my normal co-host Luna is out. I'm feeling under the weather today, so today I'm joined by my buddy Kyle Collins. Hello there. Glad to be uh, joining you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. And this episode, we are discussing a show that I have been very excited to talk about. It is World End. What are you doing at the end of the world? Are you busy? Will you save us? And this show aired in the spring of 2017 uh, and was put together by and was animated by Studio Satellites, uh, best known for a few things like a little little shows uh, like Aquarion, Symphogear, Nanbaka, The Disappearance of Nagato Yuki, Macross, and Hakata Tenkotsu Ramens, just to name a couple. And Studio C2C, best known for it. Another recent show, Harukana Received. And, oh my god, this show just... Way too many feels. Uh, yeah, you know, when you wanted to have me on for this show, I wasn't sure I was ready to throw myself in front of that diesel feels train again, you know, after watching (laughs) it the first time. Yeah. Um, The show is about... That is centers around this main character Willem, who awakens from a 500-year slumber and has really nothing to go back to. He was a fighter, and then he just and then he found himself in debt with no like with no one to fall back on since everyone's dead after 500 years. Uh, so he really so he gets this job at a at a warehouse air quotes um that for special weapons that turns out isn't really a warehouse at all but just a sort of home for special fairies fairy girls who are doing most of the fighting and And it treats them yeah they are the weapons so to speak in this context so sorry go ahead yeah no i was Pausing for effect, as they say. Um, yeah. He meets one of the... He gets close to one of the girls, Kathali, and learns just a lot about the fairies and how they don't really... have, And how they don't really learn... Ugh, can't talk. Um, and how, basically, he learns just how they think. Like, they're trained to think like soldiers, not really care for their own lives and including the one he gets close with Kathali and the whole story goes centers around him sort of teaching her what it means to live and her teaching him what it means to have a place to go back to. Yep. Um, it's, uh, uh, the whole thing is, is just from beginning to end. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I already started feeling things right from the first episode. Oh, all the me way to too. the end. It drew me in from like the very first minute. Like I like shows where they sort of Tarantino it, where they show the ending at first and then you just go, okay, this is how it's going to go. All right. All right. Gauntlet's thrown. You have 12 episodes to, to, to make me fall in love with these characters. Balls in your court. Fuck me up, fam. It, it, that is just how I thought I was feeling with with World End here, and then it did not disappoint. The really the one thing that grabbed me more than anything was the cinematography, like and the use of and how they use the music. Like the soundtrack is 
phenomenal. Tamaru Yamada does most of the insert songs, and she just blew me away with this. Because it, in the first episode, it opens up, they're on an airship, and you can tell things just went south. Like, it is not... Things are not good. And you hear in mo someone's inner monologue about swearing to be together with... Alt with always in my heart playing in the background uh, that's one of the insert songs and then it just sort of and then you see someone falling out of the ship and then you have no clue who it is and then it cuts to the opening market scene where Willem and Cathali bump into each other and then they open and then with and then they just sort of grab you by grab you by the collar with this beautiful montage set to an original recording of Scarborough Fair. And the thing that that interested me the most was Scarborough Fair was credited as the OP with in that episode. It said OP Scarborough Fair Tamaru Yamada, which made me think, all right, sick OP, sick OP. Uh, and then it's, but then, second episode, it's Dearest Drop by someone else. So I'm thinking, okay, it was sort of like a weird flex, but okay kind of thing. I guess we're, we have a new OP. Maybe there was an issue with it. I don't know. And then we, and then I'll, we'll talk about the ending in a bit. So what did you like about this show, especially? What elements? Oh, goodness. Uh, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. And, you know, I think the thing that really uh, got to me about Scarborough Fairs, that's a song that I already really liked. It's a beautiful song. And when I go back and look at the show and look at how they placed it kind of as a, a bookend, we'll talk about the, the ending, but um, just the the meaning of that song and how well it really fits into the story because if you look at the lyrics i mean scarborough fair speaks of all these impossible tasks that have to happen before uh the person singing uh can have their true love so that uh i mean i love the way that fit in uh the cinematography the just all the the world there it's it's just such a vibrant and brilliant world even though there's a lot of sadness and sorrow in it and right from the from the very beginning when uh you know when you notice that uh Cathali is noticed by the other people and uh kind of looked down upon as as someone different there's this sense of unease that being human is not the uh is is not the uh, normal in this world anymore um well we, we learn a about that since humans are the ones who the series is the show is set above the earth in these sky islands and apparently it's set that way because monsters are roaming the surface of the earth and and humans or eminent wits as they're called here are the ones who this who created the monsters and set and brought ruin upon the earth so they're sort so anyone who looks like them is sort of looked looked down on or not down on but just sort of looked at racistly pretty much um right and that's willem and the fairies and uh Niglatho is really the only other disfeatured as their as the uh political is the politically correct term in the in the series right correct and even though she is officially an ogre not a human she is as you say disfeatured is the term they use so she's uh, also looked down upon yeah though not as much um right so um really so what theme wise what did you like about it i mean what really grabbed me was like the importance of having people in your life and a in a place to go back to that really that really struck a chord with me about on how, uh, on just the importance of like having people who care about you and go back to what, what themes grabbed you? Right. Um, well that, and then also I thought the theme of how much having good memories, uh, 
play into what you have. Because before they met Willem, before Cathali met Willem, um, she really had no purpose in living. She, you know, was resigned to her own death. But after she met Willem and they, they had their initial time in the market, they had a lot of other, uh, you know, interesting, you know, whether positive or negative uh, times together. And uh, then by the end, you just see that Cathali uh, has become happy because of the fact that she's gained so many wonderful memories with all of these people, Willem being the first and foremost, but with the other fairies, with Niglatho, with all of these people that, uh, to me, it really just shows the, the importance and the, of um, just, you know, having, having memories, having things in your life that you can look back on and, and feel good about and feel that, you know, this helped me to find fulfillment in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's memories also play a play into it in a big part because it eventually because further on down the line, it's Cathali starts losing her memories because we learn that fairies are born from the souls of children who died too young to realize that they were dead, and apparently the more they age the more their memories come back, which is why they tend to have a short lifespan. Um, uh, with, in Cathali's case, uh, a little girl named Elk, who will be who plays a much larger role than we realize in the anime, um, uh, is the one whose memories, or is the one whose soul she inherits she inherited um right uh that's sort of one of the issues actually that's sort of one of the issues i had with the anime since i'm reading the light novels the anime the anime glosses over just a lot of background details that might not seem important but upon reading the light novels help fill in a lot of the little of the little cracks there so it it's i mean i realize they have time to they can only fill so much time and all that but it's sort of important right uh, to me it feels like they never uh, flesh out uh, elk enough and her whole connection to Cathali all the way so yeah i'm glad to hear they they do that in the light novel at least yeah they you have to make a lot of inferences um or just shrug and say okay when when you're watching the show but in the, the light novel has gives a lot of the scenes have a lot more background than than they let on and it sort of also gives a little bit of what the like the characters are thinking like their monologues and inner monologues and stuff uh which makes a lot more sense like um the scene where uh, Willem's at the base is at the base, and uh, uh, Fira Corlibia comes out of, comes out of the door and like almost loses her balance, and he catches her. That had that single second was like expanded to an almost Dickensian level in the light novel because at first because. He almost attacks her, thinking he's in, she's like some kind of enemy trying to like kill him or attack or attack him or or something. Like he's about like he's about to like like almost grab her arm and ch- like chop her neck pretty much, and then realizes, oh wait, things are safe now, and then just lightly like catches her stomach and right and sets her upright and all that. It really surprising the contrast between the uh the book and the um and the anime it again sort of glosses over how how willem is really just a lost carrot person here like he yeah it it mentions that he was frozen for 500 years but it doesn't mention and like the impact that had on him like all his friends and family are dead. He has nowhere to go. And 
he's also in massive debt that they sort of showed at the beginning of the first episode where he drops a sack of cash in front of, of uh, Grick and then learns about this pay- this much better paying job. But yeah, they really didn't... He was basically a deadbeat, pretty much, like a bum, kind of, just trying to get through things. No real direction that I... Until I read the novels, I completely missed. Yeah, well, having not read the novels, yeah, that's uh, that's news to me. So, um, yeah, that sounds like some important character uh, development, possibly, that they just had to gloss over simply because of the uh, limitations of time. Yeah, they, the novel, they really had to skimp on the, some of the attention to detail. Um, and then, what was the other thing? check the notes willem realizes how sort of realizes how much he can relate to the girls since they can't really they don't since they only have a single purpose to which is to fight and he didn't really have any purpose at all so he kind of what's the word i'm looking for so that's another way he sort of bonds with them and wants that and but at the same time wants to help them to live, as it were. Cathar- right. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, no, I just said, uh, I was just agreeing with you. Cathali being being the oldest. I will say the age thing is was like a little off putting. Uh, she's fifteen. I'm not sure if he's seventeen or nineteen. So yeah, again, like Japan with questionable ages, so there's that um uh, yeah but then again the stuff they did was pretty innocent so right um and wow i have notes yet i can't remember what i want to say you know one of the things i thought was interesting and kind of kept me from the beginning was that it just seems like there's this constant air of mystery with everything like mm-hmm. you you can't judge the characters or the story or even just the, the weapons themselves just by what you're seeing on the surface you know from the very beginning when you find out about the fairies and the warehouse and stuff it just kind of makes you question gee is there is there something else hiding beneath the surface of anything that comes up in this show and that i thought was a really compelling element i agree with you at first i thought they were they were being sort of intentionally vague on the background as a sort of this as on purpose like that to sort of do like this whole expose at the end but but no they still sort of kept you guessing um so who do you think you're out of all the fairy girls they introduced, who'd, who'd you like the best, besides Cathali, obviously? Okay, yeah, well, she was my best girl, but I would have to go with, um, I don't know, I liked, I think she's pronounced Colin. Kalan, yeah. Kalan, <laughs> yes, just the, she's just such a fun little nugget of, of energy, and, you know, uh, she's always the one that's kind of like, come on, guys, you know, she's always drawing them off to some crazy adventure or other and always kind of the one getting them into trouble. So, uh, yeah, I just really liked her energy and, you know, I liked, uh, uh, Panabal too. Panabal. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought that was great how she was kind of the one to welcome Willem to the warehouse by, uh, knocking him into the water and, uh, <laughs> you know, calling him an intruder. So. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's a, it's some random dude in the middle of the night. I can hardly blame her for that. I mean, he didn't really come announced so. that much, at least to them. Right. Yeah. That's true. Kalan, I what I love best about her is just her complete lack of filter. Like when Kathali was wondering one time, "Where's Where's Willem?" after he was researching in the library all all night and Kalan with with Nefrin all night and Kalan just like blurts out he's sleeping with Nefrin and (laughs) and there is just this collective what from everyone else but no like there's they're sleeping innocently like on the couch together with a book but and with a book between them and it was just sleeping together they're not sleeping together yeah in the most (laughs) literal sense of the term 
Right. One person, one person is voluntarily unconscious, and in close proximity is another person who's voluntarily unconscious. That's <laughs> what they. That's how they slept together. And, and um, I just love again her lack of filter. Like when Cathali has that breakdown, she's like, "What's wrong, Tiat? Are you sad because Cathali broke?" Like, wow, way to just. <laughs> little miss sensitive right here <laughs> yep that's very true yep yeah um and then of course we meet uh some of the other older fairies there's uh there's a nephron who we talked who we talked about the little quiet little quiet girls who who awarded herself pet status by just sort of being the clingy little sister type to willem and just the cutest, most innocent way imaginable. <laughs> like even, like even uh, Ithea was saying, there should be something totally scandalous about this, about what you just said. Yet it's completely innocent. How is that possible? It's... Because it's Nephrin. That's how it's possible. <laughs> yes, Nephrin, Rook, and Sonya, the cute little innocent pet. And then there's then there's Ithea who is really the interesting story um she described she's sort of the the peppy type yet at the same time she's literally in someone else's body like she woke up one day in her current body and just assumed that ithea's life like we don't even know what her old name was that just really like struck me as really profound it did and uh, you know and again that she's able to keep that kind of upbeat forward personality despite the fact that that's kind of how she came into being in this body uh is uh was quite striking to me as well yeah the whole the whole like mental aspect of it is really confusing and interesting at the same time like i honestly wonder like how someone who works with alzheimer's patients would react to the stuff that went on like people like i Cathali losing her memory and wait and then ithea waking up with in this completely new body that she doesn't recognize i just wonder how people without with alzheimer's or the people who work with them would react to that yeah that's a that's a good thought um yeah i mean and again it, it speaks to the fact that there's just always something under the surface and nothing is ever quite what you're just seeing when you're first introduced to ithea oh look she's just kind of the bubbly happy character but then you find out that there's just a world of uh of backstory and and everything that she has that's just so complex and that's one of the things i just like about this story is that uh there's just so much under the surface it's kind of like an iceberg true true and then all right let's talk about kathali losing her memory as fairies progress their past lives somehow basically force their way back in and that's what happened with Cathali. Uh, basically, I can, I'll just tell you, I'll just, spoilers, this will sort of tell you what I can, from what I can piece together based on what I've read in the light novel and in the show, what exactly happened. Elle Carcaston was a visitor, let's just say she was an alien to Earth who brought about its destruction with by bringing Eben Candle and Jade Nail and whoever the hell the third guy was. And apparently, and they used human braves like Willem and Almaria to fight them with the dug weapons that were the only way to defeat them and with marginal successes of varying degrees at various places. Apparently, Elk was a child and upon her death, like, couldn't realize she was dead and somehow got 
born into what is now Cathali. That is the best that I can explain what I know, explain what happened with Cathali based on what I know and what I've read. Okay, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good explanation. Yeah, I could be completely off. Um, I'm, I have about 30 pages left in the second of five volumes, so if, ever, if anyone cheats and uses Reddit, forgive me. Hey everyone, Tim from Shway Media here, letting you know that we have a new show premiering in 2019 called Bands We Love to Hate. The show is hosted by singer-songwriter and host of the Schwegcast on Shway Media, Sam Schwegler, and myself. Each month, Sam and I will take a band that we as society have deemed just awful and give them one final listen to see if they're actually deserving of all this hate. And this show won't go without its research. Sam and I will be listening to arguably too much of their music, as well as watching the majority of their music videos and some live performances as well, assuming we are alive at the end of it. And you can join in on the research too. Since the show is going to be premiering at the end of every month, at the beginning of the month we will be posting the band we are going to be listening to, as well as some links to the research that we will also be doing. I know, can't you just wait to listen to Smash Mouth and Creed and Sum 41? Oh boy, I can't. Oh god, what have I done? For more information, you can find us on social media, like on Twitter, at BWLTH, and on Facebook, at Bands We Love to Hate, as well as just going to our website, BandsWeLoveToHate.com, or visiting ShwayMedia.com for more details on this new show and all the other new Shway shows coming out in 2019. Thank you all so much for listening, and don't forget to check out Bands We Love to Hate premiering on Shway Media on January 31st, 2019. And now, back to the show. We're just going to jump all around, all kinds of around here. Uh, what did what were your thoughts on the uh, did, you watched both subbed and dubbed, right? Um, I mostly stuck with the uh, with the dubbed, but I did watch a couple of the episodes subbed. Yeah. Okay. Either fine. Either way. So, what was? How did you react when in the last episode, when Cathali's like about to start fighting? How did you react when you when you heard Scarborough Fair queuing up? Oh man, that was really when the when the uh, I could start to feel the lump in my throat coming back, and I was like, "Oh no," because it that's that's basically the time when it started to hit me about the meaning of using that specific song um, right there. That you know she's about to go into what's going to be her death, and um, you know we're about to see that she's going to take on this impossible task for the sake of her love and. Boy, yeah, that that was what started it when that song queued up there, uh, and then from there it was just a continuous feels train all the way through the end. And man, yeah, the oh sorry, the happy well the bit before that where she's telling uh, uh, Noft about how she's the happiest girl in the world right now. Uh, that like. And at the same time, her face and voice were just completely deadpan. That was really just like another hard-hitting thing. Like, like you could tell this was the end, the world end. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You could tell. Just it was pretty easy to see. Like, oh man, this is not going to end all happy flower Disney like here. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be pretty epic and pretty hitting to the heart for sure at the same time though you could you knew just how from the begin how like from the first episode okay this is going to be a tragedy of some sort so right I, I wasn't expecting like surprise they all they all willem adopts them all no i, I was expecting like 
some of that, but still they found ways to hit hit the fields. And there's a ter- film term that I that eludes me after doing copious research on it about using the same music in a using the same music from a previous scene in one of completely different like atmosphere there's the closest i can come to is it's sort of like classical conditioning in psychology where you associate a certain sound or whatever with an action or in this case a feeling like out like the first and like in the opening like the first time scarborough was played it was it was a happy little it was like a happy little they're on a impromptu date kind of thing like just fun little shenanigans or whatever but then this time it's like she's running to her death pretty much so obvious emotional contrast um i don't know if any of if you or any of our listeners uh have ever seen the truman show a decent dish movie with jim carrey that i only knew about because we watched it in a high school psych class but they the director did something similar with uh mozart's ronda walla turca where in the opening scene it shows him walking to work everything's hunky-dory and he just like gets to the and he like just goes in the building and then continue with the movie but set but further down exact same scene shot for shot and that except when he gets to work it's a revolving door and he run and he basically does a like does a complete re- revolution in it and then runs out so you thought everything was fine up until then and till then you see something's up so it was a similar thing where you associated the music with with uh i don't want to say tranquility but just normalcy i guess right well it is yeah it's a very mellow song um it kind of fits that sort of medieval ish uh era that they seem to be in there at the beginning where they're going through the town there's that festival with the players playing like the lyre and the harp and flute and all that stuff and uh it's from england it's from 15th or 16th century england so yeah that that does fit the time period roughly right right and um yeah if you um just go and and look at the two actually where they compare shot by shot of the two times they do Scarborough Fair, it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal the how there's so many different comparisons and, and contrasting elements that uh, just line up perfectly with the two times they play that song. I'm glad you brought that up because I was because I wanted to talk about that and there is some just brilliant cinematography at work there, like. In the beginning, both shots pan up, pan upward, and pan upward at the same at, at the same rate. Uh, there's it starts in the day. The first one starts in the day, uh, bright blue sky, and then the second one is at sunset, which is a which is the beginning and the end. And then there's the first. They're surrounded by people, uh, like you see. They're walking through a market. Of course, there's people, and then. They're alone, surrounded by enemies. And then one of my, then re- really one of the ones that grabbed me was the whole time uh, they were in the market. Cathali was walking behind Willem, like she was never like he would. He was, she was relying on him basically. While this, in the begin, well, in the second playing of the song, she's charging ahead of him as he's bleeding out on the on the ground uh right she goes from being protected basically to being the one doing the protecting yeah and there's a shot of them walking beside a walking beside a shot of her fighting which i took to mean it symbolizes just how mundane 
and every and normal fighting uh, became for her as a sh as a uh, as a soldier. And then the next shot after that, just to show the just to show that they did this intentionally, uh, it shows Willem looking up at Cathali while she looks off in a different direction. But in the first one, it's sort of wistfully. And then the other one is just sort of out of sheer terror. Uh, there's then it's more shots of them fighting against shots of them getting lost in town. Um, Willem keeps looking on in shock as they're still lost. And then uh, just like the montage of antics, there's a montage of antics in the town scene, then flashbacks to happy times in the in the fight in the final scene. And then, like, if you wanted, unless, you could almost argue that it was all coincidental. And then it shows the, the scene in the front first where Cathali's running and sort of looks back kind of cutesily at him with her hands behind her, her back. And then it shows the exact same clip in as Willem's, like, flashing back to that. And it's, they're not completely synced up, which I thought was a bad idea. But then I realized the whole, t the whole time it's sort of trying to draw, at least the juxtaposition, if you juxtapose them, is trying to sort of draw your eye from left to right. So that's why they're slightly off. off. Um, more just scenes of the townsfolk and fighting. Another time, um, when they're listening to a little concert of the musicians, her eyes are closed, while in the next one, her eyes are wide open and you see blood spatter getting on. Then then there's a shot at 143 of Cathali looking back to Willem with at the same shot, and like same shot, same camera angle and timing, almost. And then... Then really the part that in the comparison video that really made me just tear up and just get a lump in my heart was on was the in the verse tell him to find me an acre of land. Cathali is running up this clock tower and sort of does a like happy twirl as she's like playfully wa walking with Willem, and in the next and the shot next to that is her spinning around doing a 360 swinging her sword Signorius and I had to check this like at least a dozen times to make sure I wasn't like kidding myself but the twir but her twirl in the clock tower and the twirl with swinging Sin Signorius have the exact same RPM like they were like synced up perfectly. Yeah, it's and almost like maybe they used the same key cells or something in the animation. Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know, but musically it fit like quarter turn, like quarter turn, same beat, pretty much. Uh, they reach the top of the tower, and Cathalis goes over to the edge to behold the city, and then same same part of the song you see Cathali get impaled thrust into the air and then impaled repeatedly and at some one point at another part in the show she goes on she says something about how Willem was the first to show her a great view and one of the last things she sees or one of the last things she sees is high up being being impaled and then uh Scenes roughly set at the same time of day at the end. Cathali looks up at the sunset. Uh, and then and then the end, Cathali activates her venom, causing the explosion, and then sort of looks like she's frozen in ice, not unlike how they not unlike they found Willem, and then fade, and it's just a fade to white. And... I thought like I would be I was done feeling emotionally broken after the second time I watched the ending but then I watched the comparisons and it 
broke me even further. Oh man, it just, uh, yeah, just a masterful, uh, juxtaposition that they use there for sure. And y you don't really see it unless you go back and watch it, you know, almost simultaneously. It's, it's just phenomenal the way they did that, you know, and, uh, and you know, like another element I saw, um, when they're back at that verse you were talking about where find me an acre of land where they're going up the clock tower, there's a spot where Willem is standing on the landing while Cathali is starting to, uh, ascend the stairs ahead of him mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's at that exact same moment in the uh in the final one where he's of course watching from the ground while she's ascending into the air getting ready to uh to, to swing her sword so yeah yeah just all those all those little details like that just it's phenomenal yeah i really i one reason it sort of drew me to that is i had never seen an op or any song used like that in a show before so it i music is a huge factor in a show for me the show could be absolute garbage but if the music is kicking i will i will watch it excuse me for the just for the sake of the music sometimes like right um, yeah dsc array uh decent show um and the music in the first, at least in the first 12 episodes, is freaking insane. So I'm like, yeah, I really shouldn't watch a show about Nazis, but oh my god, can that guy compose? <laughs> so yeah, I sort of, so yeah, same idea, except I love, except I love the show to death. Yeah, the music only adds to it. Yeah, and it's almost, you know, it's like an epic Mm-hmm. The way that it's the way that it's composed and, and you know, it just it, it just heightens the whole experience. The music is not like an add on, it's not like something that is just an extra element or oh we just had to have this. It's an integral part of it that really just heightens the entire experience of it for sure. I agree. It's not just it's not just something you say, Oh hey, this track is pretty cool. It's oh hey, this track has meaning right yeah um oh and speaking of further symbolism what do you think of the uh, symbolism they used with Cathali's hair where like the more red it turned the more she like complete the more she started to disintegrate that was sort of like an interesting like right i guess that they used Right. That was a, a key visual element, I thought. And it was it really was interesting to see how, you know, from the very beginning, it, it's the very first time you see it, you almost don't notice it. It's almost like, wait, was that just like a weird thing in the animation or something? It's just one little strand of hair. And then as you keep going uh, scene by scene, episode by episode, it just gradually starts to fill in and it just perfectly matches the the degradation of, of her soul with, uh, with elk beginning to wake up and, and, uh, start to take over. And, and yeah, I thought that was, uh, a really, really great way to be able to symbolize that visually and, uh, to, to just go along with, so you're not just trying to guess, well, you know, is her soul disintegrating? You can literally see the progression of it through the series. Yeah. I, um, Really, I just took it to mean, like, if people just start talking, like, about the most random crap ever, just ignore it. You don't need that kind of, like, mental anguish in your life. Yeah. <laughs> because all the times her hair started turning, it was just some of the really just strange things. Like, it was hard to understand in the anime, but... I have the light novel here, and it is just really random stuff. Um, the lion that swallowed the snake, a mountain of coins, a mountain rising from the sky, a hazy rain-drenched rural town, candy in a small bowl, a burning guidepost, a round rainbow, castanets playing haphazard, playing haphazard noises, a cat of gold and silver-streaked fur, a wheel rolling upward, a double-edged knife without a grip, Gloves as large as mountains. A man hanging from a tower. 
It sounds like kind of a str- just a stream of consciousness, sort of. Yeah. Oh, and there was there's a second one in, in the light novel, and honestly, the parts they did take from the light novel, they took like exactly like verbatim. Red water, gray wind, the laughing titan, a scared bra- brow. Fish that swim in the night, a tower of sand that pierces the heavens, a sun that crumbles into sea green, the sweet throes of death, an armful of cubes, a red grimoire locked, a fox's neck overflowing with tall trees, a silver nail, bakers who work together to paint the entire rainbow yellow and delete every ambiguous color, a headless clown at the bottom of a shipwreck caught in a midnight storm, who laughs and 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 laughs. This has been a dramatic reading. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would love to know, like, I would love to know what those memories are in context. Like, Clearly, some of them were meant to be a ch- from, like, the eyes of a child. Like, they perceive things differently. What we might call a lizard, they might call a dragon. But at the same time, just really just t- dark imagery. Like, it honestly reminded me of, an, of like, a couple Etagawa stories that I'd read. Uh, just with really vivid but dark and confusing imagery. <laughs> Right, yeah, that, um, wow, that, I would love to dig into that and just see what, uh, what all, what all the meaning there is. Yeah, we would have to, we would have to get Elk's pre-death life story. Right. Pretty much, in order to, to get that. Right. Yeah, it was, I'm looking at more, I'm looking at more of it, it is, it's just a laundry list pretty much, but still, it makes you wonder what the heck what the heck it means right yeah it's yeah that that's that's quite an impressive uh array of imagery there it kind of covers the spectrum yes if only my co-host luna who's actually studied psych were here could actually could tell us what the heck any of this could possibly mean oh well oh well we'll just make we'll just make our best educated guesses <laughs> So what parts of the story jumped out at you? Well, you know, I just, uh, of course, the, the, the big thread winding throughout the whole thing I love so much was just the the relationship of, of Willem and Cathalia, their character development about, you know, a, man, Willem, poor guy. He's, he's just, he's jaded after he's unfrozen, and then he finds a purpose again and love, and then at the end he, he loses it. So, um, man, the guy just... It, it goes through so much and then you know Cathali where she's again she's resigned to her death and um, just also in a way sort of jaded in that regard until she meets Willem and then that kind of brings her into life again and to where she's like oh gee I actually don't want to lose what I've found here um, just that whole progression uh, of the story really you know, hit me, and, um, let's see, what else have I got here, uh, and man, just the idea of, of, of weapons, basically human, well, fairy weapons, literally being cultivated for the sole purpose of, uh, you know, wielding these legendary weapons against an enemy that they know is going to take them out, I mean, man, you, you talk about a pretty much feudal existence that they just, uh, still are able to find their way through with, you know, smiles and happiness. You find, you know, especially in the little kids, the smaller fairies, it's, it, it's just, it's a struggle with the idea of life as a disposable thing. Um, just like, man, that, that just, that grabbed me. And I don't know if I could say it grabbed me in a positive way, but it's just like, man, it's just life is so seen as so disposable here that, I mean, yeah, maybe it's for the greater good, but my gosh, uh, it's just a 
not uh, not a light thing to deal with. What I also so liked is that it shows just like life like uh, isn't always going to be happiness and rainbows. It's going to be like irritation and jealousy and just disappointment like Catholic like with how Catholic couldn't always be with Willem like when he had to go see the great sage and set great sage or when they or whatever they argued or or whenever he wasn't giving her much attention that was if it that was still like a new emotion that he brought about in her even if it wasn't a happy thing so it was still a new experience and then it's not that willem never had anything to protect it was just it renewed his purpose to protect people since he was caring for the kids in that orphanage and then almaria from uh who who he fought with so yeah the the fairies renewed sort of renewed that in him instead of instead of letting it just die and wandering through life aimlessly right Oh, and speaking of people whose names start with ALM, can we talk about the little girl Almeida for a second? <laughs> the little... That... She has to be the most danger-prone kid in any anime I've seen in a while that wasn't a comedy. Like, first she falls off a cliff trying to get the ball, and then... And then in just, like, the most millennial without health insurance way gets up and just dusts herself off while still bleeding from the head. And even the girls are like, get the ball already. So yeah, that I remember that was like the first things aren't quite what they seem moment for me was. Right. That, yeah, that was that was jarring. <laughs> for yeah, sure. And then in in episode nine, yeah, it was episode I think it was episode nine. Maybe not, but later in a later episode they're watching the meteor shower from the roof and she thinks you know what i'm gonna climb up this post here to get a better view because yeah this building is completely state-of-the-art not dilapidated at all and yeah that single thin plank can definitely hold up my weight then she freaking falls again well, I guess she figured, hey, I'd survived to fall from a cliff. What else? I can I can handle it. Apparently I have superpowers or something. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't bring this up if it was a different kid, but it was the same kid. Yep. She was definitely the yeah, accident prone one and uh completely nonchalant about it the whole time. Yeah. Uh Anywho, let's move on to the one the thing we can both gush about together. The English cast. Because, oh, oh my, my god, goodness. these guys were in in rare form. The ADR director was Alexis Tipton, who is one of my favorite voice actresses ever, and she is a brilliant director. Um, this one, I've talked to her on two different occasions one while it was while the dub was airing and then um recently at at a con a at a con a couple months back and this show is her baby and her pride and joy and it just and it shows uh she also played uh played nephrin and did that perfectly and i just Cannot thank her enough for bringing this show to life. Uh, Jamie Markey uh, did the scripts. She's my favorite writer of uh, The Old Guard there. Uh, did brilliant work there. And she also played uh, played Naglatho brilliantly with... I, I, liked, I loved how Naglatho was like, first off, came, first came off as like, I don't want to say a comedic character, but yeah, but she wasn't. She didn't come off as like the most serious. And then as you got to know her, she was just this concerned, caring for everyone, 
genuinely held feelings for Willem, was sort of Cathali's rival in love unofficially, which was night, which was sort of cute. And then, um, yeah, the, and then the way she held, uh, Ithea in the end when she was just crying her eyes out, just, I just wanted to, like, reach the screen and hug him, too. <laughs> yeah, um, Willem was played by Micah Solasad, and Cathali was played by Amber Lee Connors, um, and they are slowly becoming one of my favorite dubbing pairs because they were, they also, later on, they also worked together in, um, in, uh, Myriad Colors Phantom World, uh, directed oh, by Jerry Jewell, and they were uh, another, they had a noticeably great chemistry in that in that show as well uh check them out there it's a fun it's a light it's a light-hearted fun slice of life fighting spirits yokai kind of show uh great stuff and then ithea is Brittany karbowski who just got typecast there to a t just the peppy bubbly happy kind of character but still can get deep at times was wonderful like the cast was absolutely perfect oh yeah it it definitely was and again just going back to alexis tipton i i know that uh she had done a little bit of directing before but man when she did this one it really just showed man what a phenomenal directing uh she could do and uh yeah i i think it's going to be uh, uh, pretty difficult for her to be able to top this one, but man, I sure hope that she'll keep trying with other shows like this because it just, yeah, it blew me away. And yeah, and Amber Lee Connors, this, you know, it, it's so funny because this was not all that long after the the very first time I had uh, really heard Amber Lee Connors as a main character was uh, as uh, Nozomi in. Keijo, which is a decidedly uh, different kind of show than this one. And so to hear her uh, just brilliantly uh, bring out Cathali was just, it just hit me so hard and it just made me think, my gosh, it made her into one of my favorite voice actresses for sure. Cause she just yeah. brought out the emotions in me for it, just the way that she did it. And, oh, she was just phenomenal as was the rest of the cast really as you said i'm trying to remember the first licensed anime now that i've that i saw amber in because i know i i seen her in stuff before keijo but after uh dragon ball z abridged and i'm just trying to remember what it what i saw her in that i noticed her in can't think of it um yeah, she's yeah. This definitely really put. If she wasn't on my radar before, she was. She was after this as a really just amazing actress. Um, and then who else was going to mention? Oh, Micah Solasad uh, played Willem, and I remember I was at, and I asked Alexis about this. Um, I hope Mike. So I hope they're okay with me sharing this um, about this at a panel uh, about, and she was saying about the uh, the monologue and the or the dialogue in the last scene. The there was no greater joy, there was no greater happiness. That that one, she could tell that while recording, Micah was holding back, basically. And they did a take, and then she said, Mike, like something along the lines of, Micah, I see what you're doing. Let it out. Do it one more time. Just let it out. And he was crying when he did that last take. I remember, he t I remember him telling me this on, or telling people this on Twitter that he was just, in tears during that last session 
Yeah, well, you would have to be. I mean, I would think it's just so emotional. But, man, yeah, he just poured everything into that. He didn't leave anything back in the mm-hmm. in the one that they used, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Which makes me – which this and something else begs the, begs the question. What do you think happened to Willem, Cathali, and – nephrin because in the end the great sage's pulse tracing magic couldn't pick him up but when he turned away there were two little pings next to each other on his radar which in which i'm going to guess were willem i want to guess were willem and nephrin because cathali just put i think put herself through way too much none of them none of them were like time of death 815 but at the same at the same time i think Cathali like wrecked her body way more than willem and nephrin did so if i had to guess it would the pit the two pings were for willem and nephrin however this show this the book series has a sequel series um, I don't remember the exact Japanese title, but the translation is roughly, What are you doing at the end of the world? Can I see you again? Oh. So I gotta, I gotta wonder what happens there, and I hope to God that Yen Press licenses that, because I would buy all of them just to know what happened. Wow, yeah. So what I know, I was I was unaware of that. Um, but yeah, boy, if if there is a sequel out there, I sure hope that that'll get picked up and that'll get some good momentum. Cause yeah, there at the end, and I would agree with what you said. I think those two pings we saw are are Willem and, and Nephrin for sure. Um, and uh, as far as Cathali goes, you know, you just wonder with this whole thing of you know souls of people that died before and then they show up in other people's bodies you just wonder if maybe she's going to show up again in that same way i mean you'd hate to think that uh someone else's soul degrades so that she can kind of come and take their place you know sort of a la ithea or whatever but uh just since we've seen that happen before that makes me wonder if that might end up being how she uh uh, ends up coming back if she does all right let me ask you this in the final scene where with the crying with the crying baby who's clearly Cathali, was that did you think that was a flashback to her birth or a or continuation in the timeline showing her rebirth <laughs> well that's a good question because again it just nothing is ever quite as it seems in the show because the obvious answer would be oh look it's Cathali. she's been reincarnated she's been reborn um but you gotta you know you gotta wonder is that yeah it, it's it's definitely her it looks like her is that her soul in there you know or is it someone else's soul that she's going to eventually you know come back to and take over so i don't know i think it was her birth because you never hear as far as I can tell, the souls, the fairy, the souls that become fairies seem to be single use as opposed to recyclable. If that isn't objectifying them enough, um, so I'm guessing it was a flashback to when Cathali came into this world. However, that was. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing that that's my guess. Yeah, it's hard for me to, to really make a guess because, again, the whole show just kind of made me think, hmm, whenever I think Zig, they go Zag, so I'm not sure which way I seem to always guess wrong. That just about wraps up everything. Anything else you wanted to add? No, not particularly, except that uh, this was definitely a standout among, um, you know, we've really had, I think, personally... A, a glut of, of great shows lately in the last few years, last few seasons. But this one really was one that, that stood out about. And, and if you, uh, if you're looking for 
something that will definitely, uh, you know, get to the deepest parts of your emotions. Uh, this is a show that will do it. I I definitely agree. It's definitely one of the more underrated shows, I think. Though it did, uh, not for Crunchy, but I think, no, it wasn't Crunchy. It might have been Right Stuff or something that got nominated for the Best Ensemble cast. So it did get some recognition. Okay, so for the folks at home who want to tell us how awful we were, where can they find you on social media, Kyle? <laughs> well, I am on uh, Twitter at uh, Kyle C. Invale. And uh, really, that's only the, the only public place. I'm also on Instagram, although that's more about my uh, my photographs than, uh, than anime. But that's at uh, uh, K. Collins Invale on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Matthew H. Voss and on my never-used Instagram at Vomahanu. Thank you for joining us. I promise we'll have it way more together next time. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Talk to us on the social medias in the meantime, and thanks for listening. Thank you. And that's our show. New episodes drop every two weeks on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time on YouTube. The show is available for download on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Dubterfuge for more updates. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.